The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host Loving That Sports Talk. Like I say every week, great show, great guest, great talk. My co-host and with me, Chris. Is that Chris? I'm here today. Uh, and Chris, we got a guest of uh, the rest, but we can't mess with the best. One of the guests <laughs> that I always love having on. I ain't fitting him no guest. He's my brother. Jerry Robinson, former NFL. Hey, Jeff. James, how you doing, Chris? How you doing? Y'all two of my favorite people I've never met in person before. Oh, so great to hear from your voice. But I feel like we're all family here, though, so it's all good. We don't, we'll run into each other some some point, maybe a Super Bowl, I don't know, maybe a Kentucky Derby. Who knows, maybe an NBA basketball championship game. You don't know, but right now we're going to do this. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, yeah, we're going to knock it out. We're going to get right to the foot. Uh, a lot of teams are 6-0 this year. A lot of teams that we expect to be 6-0. This is our team I'm feeling, you know. Let's start with Seattle. This Seattle's done. I mean, we know this year, looking like, you know, they're going to have a losing season, but is it going to be a turnaround for them? That, um, I thought after that Super Bowl, it was going to be a wrap for them. What do you think, Jack? You know, they have some issues. You know, Chancellor was holding out. There's a couple of players that have left, and uh, uh, they're all right. You know, it's like this. It's too early to hit the panic button. You know, we're just kind of used to seeing Seattle do what they've been doing in the last couple of years. But, you know, this is not the end of the season, so anything can happen. But, you know, Arizona is the, is the team to beat in that division. But still, you got to be concerned about Seattle. You have to be concerned about them. They're just ironing out some things. Um, you know, they don't – obviously, they don't look like the same team because, you know, they've been beat at home. They're losing, you know, they've, they've, they've lost more games than people had anticipated at this particular point. But I'm not, you know, I'm not throwing in a hat on them. But, you know, they just have some issues. James, you know how it is. When you start losing some of your leaders and that players start holding out and you got people talking about money and, you know, people don't understand that it does have an effect on the players uh, on the team, you know, especially if you're close to people on that football team. So, you know, they got everybody back and uh, they'll pull it together. <laughs> Poor Russell, I know Russell, Russell Wilson, he probably spent more time in the, in the ice tub probably than he's ever done before, though, but that's okay. He's young, he's wealthy. And I'm sure you can handle anything that might come his way. True, true. But now, now this weekend we know that two of the, the undefeated teams face each other, the Packers and the Broncos. Um, so they'll be down to four. Do you really think, I mean, how much longer do you think they can go in the season and stay, have teams be undefeated? Well, you know what? 
Chris, this is interesting. I that that undefeated thing. When I look at the, an undefeated team, I think about the Denver Broncos. I really do because you know I was at, I'm here in Northern California and I saw the Raiders and the Broncos play, and the Raiders actually could have had they had a great chance of winning this football game, but the Denver Broncos defense is playing at such a high level at a phenomenal le- uh, level right now that Peyton's not being Peyton, not the Peyton that everybody's used to seeing. You know, he doesn't have to be with that defense that he has. But, you know, it's just going to be a matter of time before Peyton starts to turn some things around. Now, how long these teams can go undefeated, I don't know. But it's going to be interesting. Like you said, two of them are playing this week is uh, Denver and Green Bay, correct? Correct. Okay. And that's going to be uh, – where are they playing at? Uh, they're playing, I believe, at Packers, I believe. Denver. Ooh. Oh, they're playing at Denver? Oh, yes, sorry. Yes, they are in Denver. Denver. Well, yes, you know what? Denver. That should be a good game, you know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the way the scheduling is, you know, I'm sure, I don't know how many people, at least I didn't, think that there'd be this many teams that were undefeated. Um, I had a feeling that I'm going to get off, off, off course here a little bit. I had a feeling that the, the, the uh, England Pages would be because Tom Brady's pissed off at everybody. And once he, you know, once that happens, you gotta look out. So they're not surprising me. Actually, Denver's not either. They're surprising me on this end. Peyton Manning is not Peyton Manning, but thank God, like I said, their defense in Denver is just totally unbelievable. And so one of these teams is gonna fall. I don't know which team is gonna be, but it should be. Uh, it's gonna be a good TV, a good game to watch on TV. Right. I've, I've said to James many times about defense. Defense wins games. I know he's an offensive guy, but I've always said defensive win, defense wins games. Well, you know, James, you understand. You know how them offensive people are. They're always thinking all about them anyway. <laughs> but I tell you what, it's been proven, at least, at least with the Denver Broncos, that if you have a great defense, you can overcome a lot of little things. And that's what, the, that's what Denver's doing right now. Well, Jamie, let me ask you this. Since we talk about defense, offense, and undefeated, what is Carolina winning on? They undefeated. The defense ain't great. The offense showing. What are they winning with? Well, you know what? They're they're. I like their defense though. They got some players on their defense. You know, with some that 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 um, that is to me that's the most surprising undefeated team for me is, is, is the Panthers because you know they lost some receivers and then. You don't know what's going on here and going on there, but you know what? They've gotten better as a team because they're in that system. Everybody, well, you know how it is, James. If the longer you stay in a system, you understand it better, and you might only need a couple of different players or different pieces to to put together to make everything click. They're playing unbelievable football as a football team, as a total team. So, uh, yeah, Carolina. Uh, and I'm glad Luke Keekley's back because I tell you, I enjoy watching this kid play. I mean, here's this this young inside linebacker. Dude gets concussion in the first was first week, didn't play or second week, whatever it was. He didn't play for three or four weeks, and Duke comes back his first game. He had I think he had like 15 tackles. Then the other day he had a ton of tackles. He's all over the field, and you know once that adrenaline gets running. You know, it can be very contagious. When you see somebody playing balls against the wall and balls out all the time, it is contagious. And that, that Carolina Panther team is doing a they're doing an outstanding job so far. You know what's interesting to me is that anybody that's undefeated right now, God bless them, I'm happy for them. You know, but there are some people out there that just, I'm not trying to tear apart any undefeated team because you know how it is, you guys. When you look in the win and loss column, it doesn't have parentheses. It tells you 
cute quarterback ratings or whether defense rate. All it is is a W or an L. And right now, I don't, you know, those people that are undefeated, thank God they're undefeated. Some guys, some of them are lucky. You know what? You'll remember that old saying, James. Chris, you probably heard it too. I'd rather be lucky than good. Well, there's a couple of those teams that are, that are more lucky than they are good, and that's all that matters is your, your win-loss record. All right. You really want <laughs> Well, this is what we're going to do. Let's take a break, and uh, we're going to talk. I'm on, um, I know Chris got some college stuff. I got college stuff. I got another guest I want to call in and talk to you about some college things. So we're going we're gonna to look back, Jerry, look back to college, and then we'll come back to some NFL at the end, but... I want to throw some college at you, too. So uh, okay. this is Jay Love with our guest, Jerry Robinson from NFL, and my co What's your name, Ms. Cole? Say it so they can hear it. Chris, don't yes, forget Chris. it. Ah, we'll be right back. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. 
This is Jerry Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and co hosting with me, Chris. You still there? I am always here. And we got our guest from the NFL player, Jerry Robinson. Jerry, don't leave us. Please don't leave. <laughs> I'm here through the duration, for the duration, brother. <laughs> I'm talking about, we're going to talk a little college, but uh, what we do, we'll finish with a little pro, and then we'll go to our next break. We'll call our other guest, two, two guys for the talk. Then we get one of them. If we don't, we have to talk it with you. But they kind of wanted some things to ask you about college, but we'll wrap it on down. Hey, Jerry, let's go and talk about my Eagles. What's going on? Well, well, hold on, Jerry. I got to get something out. You know me and you brothers, right? Yeah. And you know, you know, when I'm upset with you, I got to let you know, right? Go ahead. Okay. Don't ever, when we at break, tell Chris, when she say, who won fans football, you said she beat me. That never happened. <laughs> 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 on you. Come on, man. Hold on, Jay. Hold on, man. I know one thing, man. I know how I know how deep involved Chris is with this fantasy football, man. She's probably like five and two or six and one or something like that. So she knows what she's talking about. Not that I'm not saying that you don't, but I'm just probably I probably think she has a little probably a little more time to study a little more. That's all that was. But you know, so Chris, what is your record, by the way? Five and two. Okay, James. And, and all I can say about this past weekend, it's called luck. My, my team didn't show up; his team did. But but the next time we play, it will. Hey, Jerry, and you know what I'm gonna say? What? Oh man! <laughs> Bring it! Come on, man! All right, okay, CC. <laughs> but anyway, Jerry, what's going on with our Eagles, man? I mean, they, this offense that Chip Kelly had uh, a couple years of work good when they had the show. McCoy has the right people in place. It's just not the right running backs, not the right receivers. Deshaun Josh, what? Is it the offense, the coach? What is it, Jeff? You know, what's interesting to me with the Eagles is that, you know, Chip has, you know, full control, and he has in his mind and, and heart and soul that there's certain players that he needs for certain positions, and the ones that were there, he felt that they weren't, weren't able to do the job. So the players that he brought in this off season, I think Chip, Chip is uh, is starting to realize that you know what maybe something's not right here because it's not working the way they wanted to work. Bradford, you know, I'm sorry, man. I was at when the Eagles played on Monday night, man. There's a lot of people that just can't stand him, man. I mean, you know, I mean, I ain't got nothing against him. I mean, anybody making the NFL, you got to be doing something. But I don't think he's the right quarterback for that that particular team. And let me tell you something that's bothering me. Let me just cut to the chase with the Eagles, man. When I heard Chip Kelly throw uh, the running back coach, Deuce, under the bus, um, when someone asked him a question, you guys know what I'm talking about? Someone asked him a question, how come uh, Murray wasn't in or, or Matthews was in? It was some, someone asked a question why what other person went in, and Chip said it wasn't my decision. It was the, it was the running backs coach decision. Come on, Chip, man, you're the head man. You're the one that's making all the decisions for the Philadelphia Eagles as far as personnel goes. And when the head man doesn't take the responsibility, and he starts passing on to somebody else, that's just like someone started to point the finger. Now that can become very cancerous, and you know that's what's going on over there. And they need to they got to pull they got to pull it together, man, because you know. That is not the strongest division in the National Football League. So the most important thing, as long as they get in the playoffs, uh, James, 
everybody to forget about some of the decisions that he's made. So they're in a position still, you know, like I said, that's one of the weakest divisions right now. You know, it might take, you might get in there with a seven and nine, I don't know, or, or, or something like that, or eight and eight. But as long as they get in the position to be in the playoff, people forget about some of the decisions that uh, Chip has made. But I'm not, I'm not crazy about the decisions that he's made. Yeah, I think what you're saying is correct about Bradford. I mean, sometimes he looks just fantastic, and then other times you see him, and it's like, what what is he doing? I mean, he's he's almost one of the the worst. I, I believe the the stat I read was he was like the second worst passer in the in the NFL. Yeah, and, and how know, how can and, a team and, survive and, that? You know, but we got to realize. I mean, the kid has really played a whole lot of football in the last what three or four years. I mean. You know, he really hasn't, but, you know, that's not his fault because he was hurt. But, you know, if you're going to go out and, first of all, if you're Chip Kelly, you're going to get rid of Nick Foles and bring in him. You can make a, a clean swap across the board. Um, people will question that in the first place. And like you said, Chris, sometimes he looks right. Sometimes he doesn't look right. And, you know, I hope the Eagles can, I hope they can hang on to, you know, to get through that despite, you know, his lack of ability to play the quarterback position at a high level. You know what? You said something, though, that's good, um, Jared, that um, um, I kind of heard, I think it was a couple of weeks back, that um, the running back, um, Murray, wasn't, was upset because he wasn't getting enough touches. But in that offense, basically the running back is like a flex guy, like a uh, he running, he catching more balls. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, you're absolutely right. But they need to, you know, when you give Murray the ball, I mean, uh, you got to give him the opportunity to do what he does best. You know, don't don't run, don't get away from it too soon. So, I don't know. He's gonna get. Just got to get his game plan together and need to figure out some kind of way, man. Because you got to keep moving those chains, man. You got to keep moving those chains. It's hard to keep everybody happy. You know, you know, that well, here, you know, most of the times the only people that complain are wide receivers. <clears throat> you know, hardly ever do <laughs> hardly ever do you have, you know, running backs talking about they're not catching the ball very much. But you know, normally you know your wide receivers are used to catching a lot of passes, James, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. But you very seldom do you find running backs complaining about and getting totally, really upset over the fact that they're not getting their touches. And, you know, Murray needs to give the dude the ball. You see what he can do. If you don't believe that the more you give him the ball, the better your chances are winning, just throw on some, some, some Dallas Cowboys film from last year. So they need to figure out something, what they're going to do with these running backs, man, because, you know, one of them suits, suits the, the, uh, the offensive game plan better than the other. You know, you can't make everybody happy, but he needs to try to do something in Philly. True, true. So it's a good thing Philadelphia has a bye week this week because the following week they play at the Cowboys. And I know how James feels about the Cowboys. You know, that, that's a heated argument there between the two teams. Yeah, so, well, I feel the same way. I just, you know, I feel the same way. It's, uh, you know, Chris, as a matter of fact, the very first game that I ever started in the National Football League my rookie year was on a Monday night against the Dallas Cowboys at Texas Stadium. And, mm. you know, that hate, that, that, that dislike or hatred, whatever it is, I mean, I understand how James feels and he understands how I feel. And I just want those people that are listening to know that James and I feel the same way about the Dallas Cowboys. So this should be, you know, they need that bye week off so they can get together, you know, 
the situation with the Cowboys is that, you know, they have injuries, you know, injury issues, and, you know, you got Roma out, you got Dez out. Um, you know, they were trying to fill in with quarterbacks, and they just couldn't get it. They just can't get it done. And then another thing with the Cowboys, you know, you got your boy Greg Hardy over there. When he gets his chance to play ball, the first news press conference he has, he's just he's just making comments about Tom Brady, and I'm like, really, dude? Tom and his wife. And then last week he blew up on the sideline. You know, James, let me ask you this, man. Come on, man. The way that Greg Hardy acted on the sideline last week towards the, the special teams coach and his players, that just does not sit right with players. Am I, telling, am I correct? Yeah, yeah, definitely right. But you know something, though? I, I agree with you on that with, with Hardy, but why is Des Bryant on the sideline getting them people visiting? You know, you know. James, you know because that's Des Bryant, man. I mean, I mean, so first of all, he can't fly. He's not allowed to fly because he's on injured reserve, whatever it is. So he gets on, you know, he 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 gets on a charter flight and he goes, Dad, stay home, brother, stay home, right. you know. Stay but Dad's but Dad, but, but James, Dad's is not the reason that, yep. that Hardy went off. I mean, you know, Hardy. I mean, when you put when you put your hands on another man, you put your hands on a coach. James, come yep. on, man. You've learned from the time you were playing pop water football, man. You don't act that way towards towards any coach, you know. For you to slap down the the clipboard and then push the dude, and I don't know. I just I have issues with that. That's just you know people might have different. I'm sure they have different opinions, especially Jerry Jones and and Garrett. I'm like, really, you guys? You act like this is okay. I don't think it's okay. You know, a leader. You ain't lead me nowhere, brother. Not like that. <laughs> You'll lead me away from you. Jerry, Jerry, you didn't get the killer part. The killer part is Jerry Jones about extending his contract. Remember, they only gave him one year. And they talk about still, I wouldn't have said nothing. He would have been cut like that guy for the Jets that punched the quarterback in the mouth, even though he should have got punched in the mouth. But you just don't do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, well, you know. So, you know, I hope the Cowboys are having some more issues when they play the Eagles because, you know, hey, man, it's, uh, it's going to be a tight tight division race in there. And you know what's interesting about the, the NFC East is the New York Giants. You guys, think about this. The Giants should have won the first two. They should have two more victories. You know, that's, right. what, that's what's amazing to me is that they actually should have two more victories. And, you know, speaking of the Giants, here you got what? JPP coming back with his hand, with his finger blown off and all this kind of stuff. That's what's in the news now. And I'm like, it should be very interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. So I don't know. It's just you know. I'm just I'm just glad that football's back. Exactly. Yep. So so Jerry, since since you brought up two two of the heavily people that that's that, you know you talked about Hardy, you know I mean do you think he learned his lesson after after missing four games this season? I mean nope. Apparently I not. But. I, I don't think he has, Chris. I, I really don't. You know. Um, I, I, you know, the things that, you know, <laughs> we're always going to be, you're responsible for the things that you do. And the situation he had with his girlfriend or ex-wife or whoever it was, that woman, when he got violent with her physically and throwing her on a bed full of assault weapons and this and that, and, you know, my man gets, you know, suspended, but he's on the commissioner's exempt list. He made $13 million. Nobody wanted him in the NFL. Jerry Jones picks him up. He gets suspended for four games. 
And the brother comes back, and he showed to me on his first <laughs> playing the Patriots the comments he made about Tom Brady and mm-hmm. his wife. I believe he made a comment about Tom's wife, too. Brother, yeah. look here, man. You ought to be grateful that you're still got, you're still in the league. You know, as far as I'm concerned, all he needs to do is just be quiet and just and just kick quarterbacks in the butt. You know what I mean? That's his job is getting to the passer. You know, it's not being a spokesperson for the team. But he still has a lot of – I mean, he plays aggressive. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's somebody – that's the type of person, mentality, and athlete that you want on your team. But, you know, don't step out there <laughs> after all your business is out there in the public. Here you go, domestic violence. Here you go with this and you go with that. And then you start making, as far as I'm concerned, some stupid, dumb – comments that you don't need to make and then you turn around once again on national tv you blow up with your, you know on the side on the sideline football the man did not mean to he no one wanted to uh what's his name i think his name is beasley or whatever his name is the guy that dropped the yeah. punt return or whatever it was he didn't mean to do that of course he didn't then they gave up a big big another special team run on on a return Hey, we're all trying to do our job, but don't don't start screaming at me. Don't don't act like that, brother. Could you act like you still need some manage some anger management classes? And don't jump in my face because it, it ain't gonna be pretty. <laughs> Sorry, I got hey, carried away, Chris. <laughs> it's all right. Before we go to break, I'm gonna ask you a question. This we ain't gonna stop it, but and then we go to break. And then, but what do you think about Stephen A. Do he run his mouth? Do he know? Do he think he all that? What what's this deal? Do he think he's bigger than anybody right now? <laughs> hey man, Stephen A. Once he starts, he starts, man. And matter of fact, he don't even have to get started. You say something, to Stephen A. He's gonna tell you what he feels, and he's got a command of the uh, of the vocabulary and 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 the English language, and and he goes. He's very opinionated, and he's not afraid to speak what's on his mind, whether you like it or not, because he's not doing it for you. He's doing it for himself. He just, you know, if you don't want, if you don't want, <laughs> a lot of people can't handle him because um, they just can't. You know, they maybe they may, you know, he, he goes off on some tangents sometimes. But but you know what though, he's very passionate about what he's talking about. Sometimes I can listen to him for a while. Sometimes I got to change the channel. You know, go to Sports Center or or his and hers or whatever it may be, or Mike and Mike, whatever. And but Stephen A, he's got he's got a lot to say. That's my opinion about it. I don't know how you feel about it. We're so good. We're gonna take a break. Then we come back. Uh, we're gonna have Chris asking some questions and uh, yeah, how it goes with that. But uh, she knows more than me, so that's why I got her on the air right there. <laughs> Fantasy football, brother. We <laughs> <laughs> will be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports tune in to the voice america variety channel on the voice america talk radio network voice america variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events arts and entertainment leadership parenting relationships 
self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and co-hosting with me, Chris. You there, Chris? I'm always here. Well, Chris, you know we're fortunate to have former NFL player Jerry Robinson with us. You still there, Absolutely. I'm going to always be here, my brother. And I was fortunate to have, I've met a gentleman I work with. We got to talk in sports. I said, hey, come on, be on the show and talk a little sports. Like, I love to. Mark, you there? I'm here, James. Good to be on, man. Make it happen. Make it happen. Go ahead, Chris. Okay, so so this question is for both you guys. So Ed McCaffrey's son, you know Ed McCaffrey, he played for the Broncos as a receiver. Um, His son, Christian McCaffrey, you know, he plays for Stanford as a running back. He's been impressing a lot of people so much that he's on the Heisman watch. Um, Do you think he has a chance of winning the Heisman this year? I'll tell you what, I've seen this kid, because I'm in Northern California, and uh, UCLA played against him last week, but I've been watching this kid. I played against his dad, and mm-hmm. he's a hell of a lot better than his dad ever was and ever will be. I'm glad he deserves to be on the Heisman Watch, because the things that this little dude can do is mind-blowing, and he's phenomenal. I mean, he's one of the toughest kids. He's got the speed. He's got the quickness. He's got the smarts. He just he understands the game. Uh, he deserves to be on that Heisman watch. Will he win it? I don't think so. Um, that's just my opinion because you got Fournette. Is that how you say his name out there at LSU? Yeah. Uh, I mean, look how he started the season off. I mean, he started off and he's to continue to do it. I mean, there's times when... When, when, when LSU, they take him out of the game in the fourth quarter. You know, he's already had 200-some yards or 175 yards, and he doesn't even, you know, doesn't even finish against. That's also true with McCaffrey because, I mean, when he played against UCLA, when he played against USC, he didn't play the whole game. I mean, he was setting records for all-purpose yards. Like, he had 243 rushing yards and 300-something all-purpose yards. The kid is phenomenal, and it just – I don't think he'll he will he will be, you know, the, the Heisman watch. That's cool for him to have, but there's so much more power back on the East Coast, and you know, from 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 Louisiana all the way back, 
And, you know, it's good. I'm glad that he's going to get to know the writer because he straight out deserves it, but I don't think he'll win it. Yeah, Jerry, I kind of uh, agree with you on that one. I think what he has kind of working against him is, like you said, the the, uh, the East Coast bias there in the media because, I mean, all his games are, are late. Um, a lot of Stanford's remaining games, um, actually, I think they've got Utah left. And they have Notre Dame left, actually. So, I don't know, man. If he uh, continues to do what he's doing and Stanford moves up the charts, gets to the top five, I don't know. I think he has a chance. I mean, Fournette, the hype machine has been uh, building with him, you know, pretty much from the beginning of the season here. So, he's definitely the uh, the one to beat. But, uh, yeah, what McCaffrey's done, he's kind of reminiscent of uh, Reggie Bush just with the all-purpose yards and just how he's just so – Difficult to bring down. He's a little guy, and um, yeah, I think uh, he's he's definitely putting up a resume. Excuse me. <clears throat> well, you know what, Mark? I agree with you. Um, yeah, on everything you said, especially about the East Coast. I mean, there's so much power in the voting on the East Coast, and like you said, there's a big time difference here. And you know, his games come on late here and there, whatever. But the kid's going he's gonna make a run for it. If he can, if he continues to do what he's been doing, he deserves to be in the running for it. But you know, no, it, sure. it, it will be difficult because you know, I mean, hey, there's a time difference right here. And besides, there's some powerful voting done on the East Coast. <laughs> there is, yeah, and I think the the fact that uh, you know Utah kind of got smoked the other you know, last weekend by USC, I think it takes a little bit of the shine off their matchup. That was kind of going to be. Uh, you know, like almost a, a playoff, you know, win in your inside situation. Um, and so I think there's going to be a little less hype for that. But, again, I think they still have Notre Dame on their slate. So if he, uh, if he can pull together a, some kind of crazy game where he gets 300 all-purpose yards, I think people will kind of look back and say, oh, yeah, this guy's been doing it all year and, and uh, you know, give the guys some credit for it. Yeah, that's Great. what it's going to take. He's going to take one of those phenomenal ones, man. They have to just let him play all four quarters and let him get three or 400 yards, and then he's in. You know what I mean? That, that, exactly that's what like needs to happen. Bush against uh, Fresno State back in, uh, what was it, 2005. He put up like 450 all-purpose yards against Fresno State, and I think that kind of, uh, much to my opinion, being a Vince Young fan, I think that won him the Heisman that year. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, Jerry, you know, I, I, I know you're from UCLA, and I don't want to pick on UCLA, but i got to bring this up. So in the news, um, their, their quarterback, Josh Rosen, um, he had an inflatable hot tub added to his dorm room. You know, apparently, you know, school officials found out about it due to uh, social media. Um, well, and then go. they, they, they had him remove it. Is? The problem is, is social media. I mean... I might have had uh, one of the same things going on back in my day, but back in the seventies, we didn't have—I don't even—we didn't even have internet, so nobody knew what I was doing. But no, I'm just kidding—I didn't. So, unfortunately for Josh, it got out there, and I remember when I saw it on the internet, I said, "Damn, my boy here—he's he, baller." <laughs> so it was just interesting that it got out, and I guess you know, from what I heard the other day, that they've they've taken it out of his dorm room, you know, poor. Poor Josh. I guess you have to find something else to do, huh? Correct. Correct. <laughs> so, so I don't know about the hot tub either, man. I don't think it looks like some kind of inflatable deal you could buy at Walmart. I, I wouldn't get too crazy with the, uh, the hot tub on that. I was, uh, that was like, kind of looked like a cheap little deal where people were just 
messing around and having fun there in the dorm room. Yeah, I think it's uh, much to do about nothing. Yeah, but but when you have things like that in your room and other players don't, you know, then then of course there's all those NCAA issues coming into play. As how did it get paid for? You know, did did the coach know? You know, did they allow it? You know, versus somebody else, versus another player. Well, you so, know, and, and, that's, that's that's a real good point you're talking about. And you know what? Uh, Rosen is—he's very young. Josh, you know, he's a, yeah, he's a freshman. freshman. He's a freshman, so you know what? He's just—he's just trying to—he's living his life. He's having fun, but he's going to learn that there's things that you can't do, my man. You are—you know—you're—you're—you're—you're you're, you're, you're the D1. You're UCLA. You're the quarterback. Um, there's things that you're going to have to change that you might want to do that you can't do due to social media because, like you said, you start people starting to investigate, and nothing's going to happen behind it, but you just don't want to have your name associated with anything negative. That's, that's the most important thing. That's true. That's true. So, you know, let's just stick with UCLA for a little bit, you know, because, because we love it, you know. Um, and they're actually having a pretty good season. They're, they're in second, second place right now behind Utah. Um, and they're they're only five and two, and I was looking at their schedule, um, and they they pretty much only have one tough matchup that I see with against Utah. Uh, they've beaten three of the top twenty teams already. You know mm-hmm. what, what what do you guys think their chances are of of winning the Pac twelve? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm like this with UCLA. I love my school. Okay, I actually flew down to watch them play Arizona uh, when they played them when they played the Arizona Wildcats, and. It's just interesting that UCLA seems to be, there's a pattern here. When they get in the top eight or top ten in the country, it seems like the next week or the following week, they always find a way to not get the job done and they get dropped out of things. So, you know, I hope they're not thinking about where they're rated because right now the most important thing is, is for them to win the uh, Pac-12 mm-hmm. South, and they're still in position to do that. Um, I'm pulling for them. I just, I just, I, they need to be more consistent. I mean, they really do. They really need to be more consistent because sometimes they look like ooh, a top ten team, and then sometimes they look like they need to be down there below fifteen somewhere. So, you know, I don't know. I hope they can pull it out because this is my school. <laughs> right, and I agree with him, with Jerry there, and I would say that uh, they're probably the most talented team, maybe. I don't know. You, I guess you could probably make an argument that, that Stanford's right up there, but it's kind of amazing to see the uh, the shift there in LA. With uh, you know, SC was the was the big dog for so many years, and I really feel like UCLA is um, kind of on the brink of of taking that town over. But again, yeah, they're just inconsistent. You just never know what you're going to get. I mean, when they're on, they're you know, they're really fun to watch, and they just uh, you know they've got talent at every position and. and I feel like they're uh, one of the best teams in the country, but then they're prone to, uh, you know, lay an egg. Yeah, Mark, they have to have this letdown period. That I just, uh, and, and it baffles me, and I'm sure it baffles them too. But, you know, they're going to have to, you know, the, the Utah game is going to be, obviously, it's huge. And as it comes out to the end of the season, SC. Don't forget about SC. SC's record does not indicate is not an indication of what type of ball players they have because I saw SC. I'm sure you did when they played Utah. Oh my goodness! I'm like, now where did that team come from? From SC, you know they have a ton of talent. So that 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 game between USC and UCLA, you know, would be the determining factor probably of who's going to win that South. And you know that's the way it should be. That's the way I'm used to it being. So. You know, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. 
Absolutely, well, yeah. I know in FC again, they're another team that's really super inconsistent. I mean, they're, they kind of remind me of the team that, uh, you know, when Orgeron took over a couple, I don't know, was it three years ago before they got Sarkeesian in there, um, almost seemed like when their interim coach came in, he, he kind of shot a little life into them. And, um, again, there's no doubting or denying the talent that they have on their roster. Um, yeah. And they got some just crazy skill position players. And, you know, their lines are always stout. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just, a lot of it comes down to coaching. It, 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 I don't think that uh, seems like Sarkeesian was obviously dealing with a lot of issues in his personal life, and um, may not have had the attention to detail that uh, that is required at the D1 level. And, and man, they just look so flat and just really uh, uh, not a USC caliber team early in the season. But uh, I give credit to the interim coach. He's really he seemed to turn him around last game against Utah for sure. Oh yeah, that was a huge. That was huge. I mean, they, Utah was undefeated. They were number what, number three or four in the country. Three or four. The thing with USC, yeah. you don't know. You don't. You just don't know when that light switch is going on or off because they have that type of talent. And UCLA is in that light switch situation too. We just don't know which team's going to show up from game to game, and they need to be consistent, as we were talking about, in order to make this run. Because uh, you know they have the UCLA has the talent to do it. USC has the, uh, the Pac-12 is pretty powerful. I, I like you know, hey, Pac-12 is the conference is the, uh, the conference of champions. They won more NCAA champ national championships than any conference in college football. You never know from the national media, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly, I mean, it's it's uh, when you kind of listen to the national media, it's almost like the uh, college football began and ends, uh, you know, with the SEC. And uh, there's really no other conference. It's, it kind of annoys me, but it's no, not you know another uh, yeah. uh, day. But I will tell you, um, and getting back to the you know the, the inconsistency of SC and UCLA, you got to say that Stanford, and you got to just respect the job that uh, that David Shaw does up there. I mean, it seems like those guys. I mean, granted, in the first game of the year, they they came out flat against uh, Northwestern, but just. Time and time again, the last three or four years, I mean, I don't think there's been any more consistent team that's always in every game and um, just plays such fundamental ball like Stanford does. So i got to give them credit. Oh, yeah, me too. I have a lot of respect. And like you said, they just, I don't know what, it was, what it, hey, they wasn't awake. When they played Northwestern, they were playing at, what, 9 o'clock time zone here? Just things weren't right. But since that Northwestern game, people needed to start taking paying attention to the to Stafford because not only they have a great coach, they got great players on the team. They got this young McCaffrey kid there, and they're just taking one game at a time, man. And they're not beating themselves. That's what the, that's what the, they're not beating themselves, and that's what you need to do. And like you said, you know, people think of college football. They think of the SEC. Well, guess what? I'm sorry, but the Pac-12 conference, 400 national championship teams. There's no school. There's no conference that's even close to that. So, you know, they, but they just have some issues. They haven't won any national championships in football in a while, so maybe that's what it is. I don't know, Mark. That probably is. Well, and, and there's just a, it, the, the bias kind of perpetrates itself because at the beginning of the year, every year there's five SEC teams in the top ten. So, you know, as soon as you get a win against one of those teams, well, it's a win against the top ten team. It just kind of feeds on itself, and it's just like, I mean, come on, man. You know, I mean, no, Auburn, you know, Auburn, 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 Aubur
when they become highly nationally ranked teams from the Pac-12, they can't lay an egg. They have to go out and get the job done, you know. Absolutely. And that's one of the things, too, about the SEC. I mean, they're so high profile or this or that. Well, when you get an opportunity to break off in that top ten, if you're in the same conference, then you represent your conference. You've got to continue to be noticed. You know, it's harder from the Pac-12 than it is the SEC as far as getting notoriety, even though it is the, champions, the conference of champions. Right. No, I agree totally, and I think, you know, I'd like to see, I mean, I, you know, SC every year they play Notre Dame, which is awesome. Uh, UCLA has kind of peaked up their out-of-conference schedule, but I think that's something that, that kind of needs to continue is just, man, you guys got to, um, you know, just play some, some solid out-of-conference teams, you know, because when you get a win in a, in a uh, you know, uh, conference or out-of-conference game like that, it gives you, it gives you credibility and respect, and uh, yep. uh, I don't think I really don't think the Pac-12 has a reputation for scheduling cupcakes. Certainly not to the you know the SEC, ACC, Big Twelve kind of on. level. I think they hey, do Mark, play Mark, a lot Jerry, of games. So. I don't want to cut. I don't mean to cut you off, but we're supposed yep. to take a break. But when the, when the show goes school like this, I love it. So Nick, I'm gonna skip this break, Nick, and just take me to the end of the show. Put the music in my hair. So, guys, go ahead. I, I will give the music to take a break. But when y'all talking like this, I love this stuff. Right, Chris? Absolutely. I'm letting you guys go. Yeah, okay, I'm You know, and it's good to hear the guests talk because it's more, you, you learn it more, you know. It's just like me and Chris, like, you know. But, guys, go ahead on. But my question to you, Mark, and um, and Jerry, as Mark said something, and you said, too, I mean, you're saying the coaching and the college you see these coaches that go from college to pros that don't make it, but the coaches come from pros like Auburn and take another team like it was San Francisco, like you said, Barry, with Stanford. What is it with these coaches from college and the pro guys? Who wants to start first, Jerry or Mark? I'll start. I'll tell you what happens with the college. When the coaches go from from the pros to the college, I'm going to go that route, okay? First you, gotta, you, know, you start in college and then you go to the pros and then the coaches come back. You have more control as a college coach. You know, you have these young men that are trying to get to the next level. <laughs> you get into the pros and you're coaching. These knuckleheads have already been through the college, and now they're getting paid, and sometimes they get paid so much money they can get you as a coach fired. So there's more. they spend more time with the kids as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's, it's a closer College football to me is just exciting, man. You know, the camaraderie and the pageantry and everything about it is just spectacular. And for some reason, it's, it's these coaches, they have these kids' attention, man. Because of these kids in college, you know that, you know what, my dream is to be a professional football player. Well, I'm going to do everything I have to do and listen to everything I have to listen to to get the job done. And I know that my coach who just came, my college coach who just got probably fired from the NFL team, the connections that he has and his relationship that he has with other coaches and other general managers and other owners, you know, is a bit, a bit positive. So I think they get more out of the kids when they're, when they're in college. Totally agree. Yeah, yeah, they're, uh, it seems like they're ready to put their life on the line every, every Saturday and, and they're, they're working towards a dream. Uh, you know, you got a guy like Nick Saban, who's just a complete control freak. He wants to, to control every aspect of those guys' lives, and, and that works in college. Oh, you know, not always, but it does 
work much better than in the pros. When you're in the pros and you got guys that are making three times what you're making, um, yeah, it's a, a little bit harder. I would assume you guys would know better than I would on that, but, uh, you know, to keep their attention and to garner their respect and everything else. Um, and it does seem like, for whatever reason, it seems like people that, uh, the coaches that have gone pro to college seem to have a little better track record than those going from college to pro. And I don't know if there's just a respect factor with it, if they just, you know, if Chip Kelly is just kind of considered a college coach to those guys or, um, you know, I don't know how they, how they really view a guy coming in from college. Um, I would think that, you know, success is success and they'd probably work at any level. And, and, you know, if I was out there, I'm sure I would, uh, you know, uh, kind of look back on the track record of the coach, whatever level he was at. You know something, uh, something, Mark, I'll tell you what, what's interesting about what you just said is that what happens is a lot of these college coaches, because they have so much control of these players, uh, their, their, their future and livelihood is in the, in the hands of these college coaches. When the coaches go from college to the pros, they try to treat the pros like they're in college, and it does not work. Yeah. Dude, you are not – what surprises me about the Miami Dolphins is uh, the coach uh, Campbell – when he did an yep. Oklahoma drill, the first drill he did was an Oklahoma drill. That's the last thing you want to do as a professional football player is do a damn Oklahoma drill. Okay? The Miami yep. Dolphins, they, they bought into it because it brought their team together. But most of the time, when these college coaches, they bring their, you know, their practice plan and, and their schedule and all that kind of workout stuff to the, to the pros. And you're not, you're not talking about college kids. You're talking about in the pro, you're talking about grown men with families, and right. sometimes there's a respect factor. You know, respect is earned, not given to you, and that sometimes is the issue. Sometimes that doesn't work out. Yeah, exactly. And you know, he uh, Campbell is he's kind of gone opposite of what most coaches, you know, that I've heard do in the situation that he's in, taking over as an interim coach at the in the middle of the year. Generally, what the what I've heard is the coaches were uh, would kind of scale everything back, kind of oh, okay. We'll give you you know we'll do this drill without your helmets on. You know we'll cut down on the time on this drill and kind of just try to earn friendship uh, or yeah. you know uh, you know just kind of take it take, make it a little bit lighter of a situation. And he's kind of just gone the complete opposite and just kind of full. Uh, Crazy coach, man, and it seems to be. Well, you know what? Also, Mark, Mark, also with the Dolphins, this is interesting. With the Dolphins, is now the the interim coach wasn't he a tight end in the National Football League? He played in the league, didn't he? Okay, well, that right there also that makes a huge difference, you guys. When 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 you when you're when you're coach, whether it's interim coach or whatever it may be, you know, when you have played the game, you there's some credibility that you automatically have. And the right. situation with the Miami Dolphins was so toxic, they needed something. They needed somebody like the one that they got. And having that experience of playing in the league, because not many people can make it in the league. It doesn't matter how many years you've played in the National Football League. It's the fact that you played in the National Football League. And if you don't think that's a, a, a privilege and an honor, all you got to do is watch that show called Undrafted. Look how hard these kids are trying to get into the pros. So if you're on, if you played in the NFL – Boy, you become a position coach, or even better, you become a head coach. I know from my experience with the Raiders, when I went to the Raiders, when Tom Flores was my head coach, Tom Flores was the Raiders' first quarterback 
and, uh, for the Oakland Raiders. Then mm-hmm. Tom leaves. Then Art Shell happens to be one of my next coach head coaches uh, with the Raiders. Guess what? Art, not only did he play the game, he's a Hall of Famer. So when Art Shell took over as the head coach, oh, my goodness gracious, man, you should have seen us as ball players. We have more respect for him than we have for anybody. And just like Coach yeah, Flores, so, because they played the game. So, Jerry, it's interesting you say that. So, I mean, when you take the, the Eagles situation and Chip Kelly coming in there, as a very successful college coach. I mean, do you think he's, he's garnering the same type of respect from the players, or do you think that since he never, he never played, I don't think he even played. I mean, he no, never played he high didn't, school but, ball. But what Chip had, Chip had credibility coming in there because, I mean, that Oregon offense that he was running up there, the Oregon Ducks, I mean, he was just killing everybody. He was just killing right. everybody. So they were already intrigued, you know. So he got there. Yep. He had some players there. And uh, but what has happened with Chip is that I mean the man what he's won two he won ten games what the first two years he was there what he won twenty games or something like that that's a lot yeah, of football like games man but what right. happened with Chip all of a sudden he had this fire sale man just start getting rid of players here and players there now you're messing with these grown men's emotions and financial situations and they're. You know, you're messing with them on another level. I mean, he shook up the whole team. Well, you're not shaking up a college kid. You're shaking up a grown man with children, and some of them have grandchildren. You know, and right. it just and once that once that gets in there, that locker room. And you remember, you guys, it all starts in that locker room. I don't care what anybody say. <laughs> you start messing up and messing with that locker room, you have some serious issues because these guys have to look at each other all the time, and if they don't know what's going on, or if they're not happy, one guy's not happy with the coach, next thing you know, the word gets out and people start talking. And, right, you know, the coach can't play on Sunday. The ball players are the one that's playing on Sunday. And that's, well, and too, you know, that's I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, man. Do you, I mean, how do you feel as uh, his, with his uh, dual role as a GM and coach, too? I mean, do you think that's hurting them as far as uh, just being able to concentrate his efforts into scheming and, and getting the players ready for the game? Do you think that uh, having that No, I don't. I don't, I don't think so because a lot no. of head coaches now, that's what they want. They need that. You right. know, they feel comfortable if they are in charge of, you know, you know, if, I, if I'm, if I'm going to prepare this meal, I want to have the ingredients that I want to put into this meal to make it a, you know, the type of dinner that I want it to be. Uh, right. No, the, thing, the thing with Chip, though, is just, you know, I, it's just not – the big shock was what happened during the offseason, man. When you start getting rid of ball players that have been there and people start talking to the media about certain situations or certain things that right. have changed, it takes time to get that. You know, you got to blow past that. If you can get past that, you'll be all right because, you know, it's, it, it, it's proven that it does work, but all of a sudden right. you had this, this, this massive overhaul of different players in different positions, and it's just shocking to your system. You know, it's like, you know, like yeah. when your girlfriend leaves you, man, it takes you a little while to get over it. But once you do, you just keep <laughs> moving forward, baby. Absolutely. Well, then, to me, I I just think it was a, a bit of a questionable move bringing Bradford in as, as their quarterback. I mean, Nick Foles, I thought, did a pretty darn good job. I mean, what, a couple of years ago, started off, what, 20 touchdowns, two interceptions, something crazy like that. He, I don't I, – I didn't understand that. A guy that's injury-prone, like – Bradford, who's really just a statue back there in the pocket, um, and I don't think well, it's really been working hey Mark, out well for him. Hey, Mark, yeah. if you don't think you didn't understand that, imagine those players on that football team. They didn't understand that either. Why are we getting rid of 
Nick Foles and bringing in a dude that hadn't played in the year in the last two years. He's only had a couple a couple games that he didn't really play there. So you know the injury part probably upset a lot of people too. So oh, I know, and I just I, that's why I'm saying I you know as far as the dual role goes, it's like he doesn't really have anybody there to question any of his moves or just say you know hey really are you sure about this? I mean. Running, uh, you know, this this type of offense, I'm not sure that that's going to be a great fit for it, you know. And he doesn't have anyone really to answer to other than himself. And it's like sometimes I think you need you need that person, you know, above you to to. to I mean, and it can be somebody that's on the same same level as you, but just somebody to bounce ideas off of that's going to give you a straight answer and not just be a yes man and say, okay, let's, you know, let's make this happen. I don't know. It just I was I was scratching my head with a, a lot of the offseason moves that they made and, and uh, as were a lot of other people and I, it's, they, they just don't Hello? seem like they're the same team this year. Can you guys hear me? I hit my thing yeah. on mute. I gotta cut you guys off. We have to end the show, but this is what we gotta do. We're gonna finish this up next week. So we'll be calling you guys next week. Same thing. I wanna thank my guys Jerry and Mark and also Cole Chris. See you guys next week. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness 